So good to be here with amazing people this morning. If you are a friend brought you, or you, you don't come regularly here, that may have been the single most weirdest thing you've seen. Um, so I want to acknowledge that. Um, I always like to say weird isn't necessarily bad, you know? We might, thank you so much, Susie. Really appreciate it. Production team, ahoy. Amazing. This is our dream team here, playing their part. Actually, really, if you're a guest, they're playing their part for you so that you can leave this morning with more hope than you came in. I say it a lot. It's because I mean it. And that you can uh, leave through those doors with more love, knowing your worth, whether you're a Christian of many years or whether you're you wouldn't, not sure if you call yourself a Christian, you will leave with more hope because that's what happens when we speak from the Word of God. That's what happens when we join together with hearts to Jesus, who is our creator, who created us, who saved us, um, bridged the divide between us and God that we couldn't possibly do ourselves, and who offers us to walk with him, his Holy Spirit, because he will return and we'll go into our destiny. Here we go. There's a little bit of the gospel. There's the last um, chunk of years for you. Just scribed in five seconds. Go me. Okay. Um, but I do want to extra welcome to you because... Um, when you're new to something, it's really bold and brave to be here. So we just want to say, just, just check it out. Come for a couple of weeks. You don't have to join in. Just be around. You can if you want, but feel free just to like watch as things happen. Um, we, we here at Unite are about an authentic journey with a miraculous God. So we're, we don't pull the punches. We don't pretend things are good when they're not. Um, Although someone said to me, I said, this, how are you? I'm like, I don't know how to answer that. I'm like, be, they said, be honest. And I said, I don't really know you, so I don't really want to. <laughs> <So> <laughs> that was my honest. You are not trustworthy. We don't know each other. I tell, I tell my friends. Okay. Uh, but we don't, we don't pretend things. That we're not pretenders here. We're not about just religious activity. Look at me. I'm Christian. I look really good. I'm amazing. That was my Christian. I don't know. That was my take on it. Okay, wow, this is weird. So, but we are about a real relationship with God, a real journey with a miraculous God that we believe can move mountains. So if you are the kind of person that feels like that you don't just want to live your life having to be enough, and you want to live your life knowing there's always God with you, then this is the right church to be. This is the right church to be a part of. A church where we can, a faith family, we're a part of the, the cool thing is we're a part of the global church. We, um, and we're a part of the, the regional church we love. Uh, we got, got, a, got a friend from Grace Church here. We love Grace Church in Nelson, Richmond. Richmond! And we love Annisbrook. We love, um, you know, uh, St. Mary's. We love uh, the Anglican Church. We love the mission and impact. And we pray for them right now. Jesus, I pray that they're having a good time right now. And we're thankful that we can be a part of their faith family. And that's the cool thing about God, he welcomes all in. So when you say, yeah, I want to follow Jesus, we are brothers and sisters now. Sometimes it's a good thing. Sometimes it's not. Oh, oh wow. The message I want to, can I get the clicker? Because I really need that. Um, you got it. That's amazing. Thank you so much. I'll put the first slide on though. That'd be amazing. I want to talk about shadow steps. So my message this morning is called shadow steps. There's this part in the Lion King. where Mufasa and Simba are on Pride Rock and they're looking out across all the land. And Mufasa tells Simba that all this 
is I didn't even research up on this moment, so I hope I get it right for all the uh, hardcore Lion King fans here. Uh, all of this, I can't do low voices, I just don't have one. <laughs> so all of this kingdom is yours, he says to Simba. You can go anywhere you want, roam anywhere you want, except he looks off into the distance, the elephant graveyard, the shadow lands. Except for the shadow lands, am I right? Don't go to the shadow lands. Anything the light touches is yours, Simba. But don't go to where the shadow lies. I really killed Lion King for everyone. I'm so sorry. You're never going to be able to watch it the same. You're going to be like, man, it's ruined for me. Okay. Can I get another favorite movie? I want to talk about that because that's not how God talks to us. If we were Simba and God was Mufasa, the mantle is like this. This is my kingdom. Everything the light touches is really good. Um, but, but I really especially want you to go to where it's dark, to where the shadow is, because we need to bring light over there. And wherever we see shadow, we're called to be shadow hunters. We're called to be wise and smart, but we're called to walk into darkness with a light. And I don't know if you know, I mean, I don't know if you know anything about light, but there's no competition between light and darkness. My very limited physics knowledge, and this is about it, is that light beats darkness. <laughs> uh, the the, the um, wavelengths uh, do this and go forward. I, I don't know physics. I'm so sorry. Um, <laughs> that was my physics. The wavelengths do this. Do they? <laughs> because you're a doctor. You know everything. Tell me the answers. Doctors know everything. Okay, the next time you go to your doctor, just ask them about anything and they'll tell you. So, <laughs> it was a joke. Don't. You won't get a good answer. Well, I don't know. Will you? Karen said, Elijah, shut up. Elijah, shut up. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> always listen to your wife. Okay. God wants us to walk into the shadow. Rhetorical question, is pain good or bad? I don't want you to answer because it's going to be awkward because I have an answer for you that you can think about and decide if you like it or not, I guess, or whether God's in it or not. I also would like to say, as you pray right now, Jesus, be here. We want this to be about you. Amen. Um, it's not about taking notes on everything I say. It's about finding what the Holy Spirit wants to tell you in this moment. I always take notes. If I don't, I get bored. So, um, And I love messages. So if you don't love messages, you're going to get doubly bored. So I'm going to dance for you while I speak. Is that good? No? Okay. So ask God to tell you what to say because, because he has something for you personally in this space. You were called, I, I believe there are, there are three different types of pain. I'm sure there's more, but I want to talk about three different types. There's pain you don't choose, pain that happens around you, to you. You can't choose whether you have it or not. Loss, grief, you can't decide when loss happens. I guess you could, but in this instance, Change around you is inevitable. Change equals pain. So there is pain you can't choose. You have to choose how you respond to it, but that is your choice. There is pain that is self-inflicted. pain you do to yourself. Pain that you could avoid. Avoidable pain. But you do it because I'm going to say something. Take it with a, with this, a full heart towards you. Uh, I think humans are both simultaneously amazing and annoying. Like, right? Anyone you ever meet. You're so amazing. If you get to know them well enough, you're really annoying. 
Um, like including myself. And I've got to know myself across the years. And man, I'm amazing and annoying. And there's this thing about pain that we cause, you know, we cause ourselves. You could have not done that. Have you ever seen someone else that you love go through pain and you're like, ah, oh, why did you do that? You, this is so avoidable. But they will make their own choices. And there's pain you walk into. So there's pain you don't choose. Pain you could avoid. And then there's pain God wants to lead you through. Now, if you want to make an impact in this world, if you want to be someone who influences, if you want to carry light into dark spaces, which, which is the gospel message. For Jesus came so that you and I could be comfortable and lazy and be as if we weren't born. You know, like, no, that's not what we're called to do. We're called to make an impact. That impact is not decidable by you or me. It's not up to us. And I guess we'll never really know the impact life's make. But the mantle is still that, that we, you and I would, combined as the church of God, would make an impact, both individually playing our part and collectively as his body. But here's the thing about being a leader. Because if you want to make an impact, if you want to have an influence, you are, in fact, a leader. Now, here's the thing about being a leader. God will ask you to walk into pain. In churches, we often talk about being hurt by the church. I have pastors as parents. I've seen it both ways. I've been hurt more by Christians than I ever have by non-Christians. I've seen my parents suffer tremendous pain by people that are so blind to it. I always consider it for pastors just a little bit of a, you know, like my my parents as pastors for many years, they're the ones that get slapped in the face but still have to do their job. At least the other person gets to walk away. Pain exists in leadership. Our parents, parents, any parents experience pain that you could have avoided by not having kids? Like, I'm just saying, it's there. Any, any married people? I think this one's worse. Could have avoided pain by not being married? We're going to go somewhere good, I promise. This is not going to be. But, like, if we're real with ourselves, for sure. Tensions, unbearable feelings being met, uh, anxieties that could have been avoided with just less people in my life. Now, obviously, as Christians uh, and and those who may want to be, we're called to lead our lives. But we're not called to just lead our lives. We're actually called to make an impact and a difference to those around us. But if you want, if you want to take the mantle of a leader up, and I just want to say, I really do believe you could be. Everyone in this room, I really believe there's leadership all over you. I truly believe it. Truly, truly, with all my heart, believe you could lead. You can lead your family You can lead at work. You can lead in friendships. You can lead in church. You can lead in the business. You can lead in the community. You can lead in entertainment. You can lead in healthcare. God has called you to be a leader. Not all of us are called to be the prime minister, but we're all called to lead. Some lead quietly. Some lead loudly. Some lead with a big voice. Some lead with big actions. Some lead in a way no one will ever see, but God. It's invisible leadership, but it's still leadership. But here's the thing about leadership, and here's the one thing that you have to agree to if you want to be a leader. I'm walking into pain. 
that I would not have if I did not lead. If you want to be a nominal Christian, you will have less pain. But I don't think that's your mantle. I want to read from Psalm 23. We've been really into Psalm 23 right now. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. Well, uh, another vision says still waters. I love that. He refreshes my soul. I think King James says restores my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. We're going to talk about this bit. We're actually going to talk about this bit. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. So God is guiding me. This is a shepherd metaphor. God wants to lead us, right? Sometimes we're oblivious to it and sometimes we resist it, but God wants to lead us. He guides me along the right paths. What's the right path? Okay, I'm going to show you. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, other versions say the valley of the shadow of death. That's where I got my title from. I will fear no evil, for you are with me, your rod and your staff. They comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head. We talked about that last week with oil. What a powerful session. My cup overflows. Surely your goodness and mercy will follow me, will chase after me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Got another verse I want to read you. It's about Jesus me and Karen had a big discussion on this, um, about, about the discussion around does God lead us into pain, which I'd love for you guys in your, in your lives to have that discussion because I truly believe he does. Um, Jesus did what the Father asked him to do. So the, my reference point to who is God is found in the relationship between the Father and Jesus, who are both God. It's confusing, but, <laughs> but they're also different. They're the Son and the Father, both God. If you're confused, welcome to Christianity. <laughs> I always consider theology a panini. It just folds in on itself. And at the, in that moment of confusion, I'm thanking God that his ways are higher than mine. And I have a shelf. My dad says, have a shelf in your head. You put all these questions on for when you go to heaven. Uh, my shelf is massive. <laughs> so here's what I want to talk about. So does God lead us into pain? I don't know. Did the father ask Jesus to suffer? Did he lead him into pain? This will tell us. And Jesus went, Matthew 26, 36 to 46. Then Jesus went with his disciples to a place called Gethsemane, and he said to them, this is the time of prayer Jesus had before he went on the cross. Sit here while I go over here and pray. He took Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, James and John, along with him, and he began to be sorrowful and troubled. Then he said to them, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. That is not a light statement. And I don't want to make it one, but we are going to move on. Stay here and keep watch with me. Going a little farther, he fell with his face to the ground and prayed, my father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me. Does God lead us into places we don't always want to be? Does God lead us into suffering that we could have avoided by not walking out our calling and purpose? Was there an option for Jesus to reject the calling? I guess we'll never know. Yet not as I will, 
I think I took a lot of space between those verses. I don't think Jesus just said that and then just moved on. I think there was space there, right? I really don't want to do this, Father. Oh, but it was all right. Sometimes we read that. Sometimes we read the Bible with too much flurry. You miss the space in between. Yet not as I will, but as you will. Then he returned to his disciples and found them sleeping. Couldn't you men keep watch for me for one hour? He asked Peter. Watch and pray that so you, you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Is there things God leads us into where the, where the flesh feels like, ah, you know, bits of me go, oh, no, I don't want to do that. <sighs> I can think of lots. I can think of us becoming senior leaders here. But the spirit knew. We walked into this knowing the transition. We, if you don't know, we've, me and my wife have become the senior leaders as of last January. We, our spirit knew. God had said, do you want to do this? This is what I want you to do. We knew with all our hearts, as much as you could possibly know, that God had put that spirit in us. Our faith was unrestrained. We said we could, live half of the church, we could lose half the church this year and would still have faith for yonks because we just know. We know that God has called us to it. But... There's a lot of pain that no one will ever see that we feel. I won't go into that right now. He went away a second time and prayed, my father, if it is possible for this cup. So he said it again. I don't want this, God. I don't want this, Father. And the relationship between Jesus and the Father is the very best relationship to look at of, of what God is calling us to with him. If you want to know what a father looks like, look there. I'm, I'm a father, I'm a dad, and my one prayer for my son is not that he will see me as a good dad, but that he will see me as a son. So I'm, my prayer is not that I would be a good father for my kids, but that I will show them what a son of God looks like. Because their ultimate, I pray every night for them, God, I know, Father God, that these are your kids before they're mine. Just move on there. If it is possible for this cup to be taken away unless I drink it, may your will be done. I don't want to do this, God, but this is what you've called me to. When he came back again, he found them sleeping because their eyes were heavy. He carries on. Point one, let him lead you into the valley. If you want to be a leader, and I believe you are leaders, this is a season of leadership in our church, but I actually truly believe with all my heart that everyone who says yes to Christ is a leader. Now, I know some of you will go, oh, but we're not all this kind of leader. Yeah, this kind of leader. You'll look at a leader you see, and you'll go, I'm not that. And God's like, yes, you're not that. You're this type of leader. And you're like, what type, God? What type of leader? The one that you are. <laughs> what type of leader? Well, it's you. <laughs> but what type of leader? Like, where's the example? Well, it's actually you're so different, and so you're so unique. That your leadership, even though it might look like other people's leadership, is going to be unique to what I've called you to. The world needs you here now. The world needs your voice, your ear, your hands, your feet, your influence, your subtlety, whatever it is that makes you you. Let God deal with the faults. Let him bring out the best. He finishes what he started. Philippians tells us that. He will complete in you the work he began. Let him lead you into the valley. For the sake of you, no, for the sake of the world. This is a message on leadership. And I felt really strongly I wanted to say it, whoever was going to be here this morning. I really felt God put that on my heart. This is a message on leadership. Does God have your heart or is he just an add-on? That's the difference between a leader 
and just a not leader. Now, of course, I could talk about how the first point of leading is following, and the ultimate leader is Jesus. We could talk about that, but I've only got so much time, so we're going to move on. What's more precious to you, your pride or God's love? What takes higher place? When God says he loves you, loves you, do you bat it off? I get really irritated with Christians when I say, you're doing awesome, and they go, oh, it's not me, it's God. And I always think, I get it, I get the heart, but God could do a better job if he was doing it by himself, through you or through me. I'm just saying, the thing is, he chose to use us, so we get to actually have some credit. It's all his doing, but we get to have some credit. We do. It's called the glory of God as seen through our brokenness. I think there's no greater glory than what God wants to do First in the breaking of his son and himself for us, but then in the breaking of us for the glory of his name, knowing that the suffering, Romans 5 says this, uh, suffering produces perseverance, perseverance produces character, character produces hope, and this hope will not put you to shame. So if you want hope, reading that verse, do I have it here? It's a really good one. Put it in life group notes and then we are not having those. Uh, Romans 5 onwards. I can't remember the verse. But the point is, if you want hope, you've got to go through suffering. If you want character, you've got to go through suffering. If you want perseverance, you've got to go through suffering. There's no other way. I'm reading a book right at the moment called Leadership Pain, and the main thrust of it is this. Your level of influence is restricted to your threshold of pain. I don't know about you, but as someone who's called to lead and to be an influence, so here's the thing. I exist, personally, Elijah Burton, I exist so that if I wasn't here, at least people would go to heaven. So do you. I'm, just, I'm not going, I'm so amazing. I'm just saying, I know it. Do you? I know that if I wasn't here the last 10 years of my life, youth would have missed out on Jesus. I just know it. Was there, did I hurt people along the way? Did things get messy along the way? Did I learn a whole lot of lessons about myself? Yes. But I know I made a difference, and I know I've, there's more difference to make. Now, I've got my race to run, which is different from your race, but you've got your race to run. And we are called to be together. That's why Susie's role in doing what she did is actually just as powerful as my role right now. Alex playing the guitar here. Someone, someone's, someone's being Jesus to my kids right now in Christ, in Ark. So they're doing just the same as I'm doing. There's no difference. I'm not better than them. We've got parts to play. You might be in this room and you're going, what am I doing? I'm just listening. Yeah, but you're going to go out into next week. You're going to be that father, that mom, that doctor, that builder, that fisherman, that student. That You might be like, oh, I don't have a good profession. No, do you, do you see people in life? You guys say, no, I don't. You can pray. Can't beat me on this one. <laughs> so Sam Chand, here's, his, here's a little quote here from Sam Chand. When you interpret your pain as bigger or more important, more threatening, more comprehensive than your vision, you'll redefine your vision down to the threshold of your pain. I'm going to say it a different way. Our vision is the person of Jesus. Here's what he's saying. Let's not limit God to how much we can handle. Have you ever heard the saying, God will only give you as much as you can handle? 
That doesn't make sense. Why was Peter walking on the water? <laughs> Why did Jesus say to the disciples, go out and find some bread and fish from one of the... Now break it and you'll have enough for 5,000 people. <laughs> you an idiot. Like, so I wouldn't have said it to Jesus, but I would be thinking it. Like, There's no way this is going to multiply. Have, do you know what bread does? You know, like... <laughs> That would have been at the point as a disciple, I would have been like, man, let's get out of here. <laughs> this guy's nuts. <laughs> yep. <laughs> but here's the thing. God calls you always to more than you can handle. Because it's in the overwhelming that you have, well, you have a choice, but it's become so obvious you'll need to trust him. You don't have to trust like, if you couldn't swim very well and you had, a, a, like, I don't know, a lifesaver or something helping you, you don't need, really need to trust him in the kids' pool where your feet can hit the ground and you're fine. It's out in the ocean, in the storm, where there's no edges that you have to trust someone that knows what they're doing. Same with us and God. But you, God will not push you out into the ocean. And actually, sometimes it feels like he does because he wants to teach us and we, we're not listening. So actually, I take that back. I think sometimes we do get pushed out in the ocean. That's an interesting thought we can discuss later. But I think there's another reason when you actually get asked to go and you don't have to. So we can all go through loss, but some of us can decide to shut down from it and others can decide to walk through it. If God only gave us what we could handle, we wouldn't need him. Easy as that. God allows us to walk into things far above our heads so we can put our trust in Him through it all and with it all. It's definitely been our lives. Someone said to me that I'm, I was asking for a leadership role this last week because that's the season of our church right now. Someone said to me, a, pro, a prophetic guy said to me, asked five years ago, you're going to sometimes lose more leaders than you have. Sometimes it feels like that. But we're actually really excited, to be honest. There's a pain in that, but there's an excitement because I think I've gotten over being bitter about it. And um, I'm beginning to realize that we um, are a church that releases leaders across the globe. And we want to take that, that mantle and go, yeah, God, we'll do it. And some of them come back, hey, Talia? Yeah. Some of you are like, what are you talking about? It's just a little secret. <laughs> Not only, can I just get the keys up, be amazing. Not only... Does God want to lead you into it? He wants to teach you something in the valley. Let God teach you and grow you. Trust the God of the process. He doesn't want bad for you. His every intention for his children is good. When we refuse to see painful situations as an opportunity to learn, we are destined to repeat them. The saddest thing I see as Christians that, that are, are perpetually living in a lesson. They move churches, the same thing happens. They move jobs, the same thing happens. They change relationships, the same thing happens. You know, the person that goes to you and says, my boss is a jerk. And you're like, you've said that about the last five bosses. I think you're the jerk and something in you needs to change. I probably wouldn't say it like that. It's not very nice. But, yeah. <laughs> but there's a point where we continually... <laughs> Definitely in my life, there's some things that I've had to learn again and again because I wasn't listening, because I refused to engage the pain of that lesson. Because it's not just about God, what are you teaching me? It's am I willing to embrace and own that pain? The pain that things in me need to grow and change, 
The pain that I was worse than I thought I was, even though I, and the greatest thing about that is I'm more loved, even if I was worse than I thought I was. Isn't that the thing with Jesus? Oh man, I was worse. I'm not that great. Ah, I thought I was. But God still loves me. What, doesn't that make His love greater than, than if He only loved me when I was good? So we want to teach our kids. We want to always be saying, you could be in the worst possible place right now. We still love you. External pain is always an opportunity for internal change and growth. Not only do we, God want to lead us into the valley on behalf of others, because it's a leadership thing He wants of us. Not just because our perseverance and our character and our one. He wants to get us to learn from the valley. Some of you have gone through pain you never thought you could go through because God knew that He needed someone to be there for others that would go through that. And that person's you. He doesn't want us to go through pain. He doesn't enjoy. God doesn't go, oh, I'm going to make you suffer. I'm going to... His high view is of love and good. The highest place of God is goodness. But He knows in a, in a world of suffering that suffering's inevitable. So He lead, leads us in the right paths that take us to the right valleys. Because the thing is, if you don't follow God into a valley, you will slip into another one. This road called life is full of potholes. We all know it. There are lessons that God didn't want us to learn that we've had to learn because of ourselves or because of other people. But the cool thing about God is nothing is wasted. So even in a regret situation, I think regret's not always a negative thing. We can know that nothing is wasted with God. There's more to this message than I think I've got time for, and I understand that. And there's some things that need to be said in life group or said with friends. And I really hope I want to say, go talk to someone if something's been shifted in you. Um, life group leaders, just go flick a text out to your life group today and say, hey, did you hear the message? Do you want to chat? Just if anyone gets back to you, just put a, put because a, I feel like there's some stuff about pain that some of us really need to deal with. Because here's our last point here. Keep walking, you won't stay here. Let Him lead you into the valley. Learn your lesson from the valley. Keep walking. I went for a run yesterday and and I ended up, I was having run on three weeks and blah, 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 excuses. And I really need to run. I'm the kind of person that gets really pent up. So if you got me a bit frustrated this week, that's probably, yet again, probably justifying why I was a jerk. But anyway, um, I had to go for a run and I, I went for a run and I was feeling really unfit. Oh my gosh, like yuck. And I ran and then someone came up the path. <sighs> no one beats me when I'm running. I'm so competitive, eh? So I just started motoring, man. I'm like, like, I would even do that with bikes if I can. You know, like if we're going up a hill, I'm like, you are not passing me. <laughs> like <laughs> frothing from every, anyway. <laughs> so I was running hard, right? I managed some three and a half minute Ks, three minutes of them, because I'm just like, no, like in the middle of my 8K run. And I was like, do, 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 do. Got to a valley, fine. Because it's easier to get in a valley than it is to get out of one. I got to the hill. I was like, I can't do it. I can't get up this mountain. So I stopped, which I always hate doing. I hate stopping in a run. It's a massive weakness for me. But I did it. I stopped because I was dying because I should not have done that. 
I stopped, took a breath, and I thought, man, I just don't want to run anymore. You know, because it's easier to get in a valley than it is to get out of one. It's easier to walk into a valley than it is to get out. And so some of us live our lives in the shadows so much, we become like a shadow. And our influence has been limited to our inability to admit the pain, but our inability to invite the healer in. No, I shouldn't say inability because he just wants to be in there. Our unwillingness. Because it's not ability, it's willingness. I did, I did finish my run. I just want you to know that. And that hill was just beep. It's just really hard. Um, it was the worst. I was like, how was your run? I'm like, I died. <laughs> but it was the worst, but here I am. God doesn't want us to live in the valley of past failures, disappointments, betrayals, helping people that didn't want help, doing what God said and seeing no fruit. Because that's some of the pain we get. We get loss that we don't get to choose. But there's a pain that happens because you followed God's will. Oh, that's so much worse. (laughs) No, it's not worse. So (laughs) it's just really hard. It's not fair to say that. But it's not worse. It's just really hard. There's a pain that said, I chose this willingly because God promised And this did not work out the way I thought. The pain of people turning their backs on you. The pain of accusation. The pain of ineffectiveness. The pain of your innocence being questioned or your progress halting. The pain of having your identity shaken and shaken and shaken. Sometimes it's hard to hear the voice of God when you're hearing so many other voices telling you who you are. And here's, I want to say this to some people, and I, I really mean this, hear my heart on this. Sometimes you've made friends with the shadows of your past so much that you've become a shadow yourselves. And everyone misses out. You dishonor God, you dishonor your family, and you dishonor your friends, and you dishonor yourself by holding yourself captive to that pain. You were made to move through pain, not set up camp there. I had a chat with someone this year and and they were going through some pain and they began to talk about 20 years ago. And I thought, man, you haven't processed it. And my heart sank because I thought, you're holding on to something that happened 20 years ago. I'm not you and I don't know what's going on, but regardless, and I don't mean, mean to lighten the weight because There's weight there. There's pain there. It's real there. I know there's more to say there. But God, regardless of it all, in saying that all, God doesn't want you to stay there. Because what happens is you get hurt and then you stay hurt. It's like a a wound that doesn't ever close. It's like the knife just keeps going back in every day. And so God's heart is weeping for you because you, you could be so much more of who you actually are but you're limited to your pain threshold and your avoidance of pain. Keep moving. Get up. Keep moving. It's not the end for you. Don't let it win. Let God heal. Let Him restore your soul. I just want to have a moment right now. I just close your eyes. your heart, make a decision if that's you just in your saying, yep that's the pain I feel right now, let God bring something to you, so this is just a moment, I'm not going to ask for any hands or anything because it's just for you but I want to pray over you, 
So if that's you, just say in your heart, yep, I want that prayer. And I'll pray. Lord Jesus, for those that are feeling like they're holding on to past pain, pain that they felt you've been called them to walk into, pain of loss, pain of betrayal, of ineffectiveness, of loss of innocence. Whatever that pain is, God, would you pinpoint it right now? And would your hand of healing begin to wash over? As we remember this moment right now, that painful moment, would, you, would we bring Jesus with us into it? So just invite Jesus into it. And just imagine Him walking in with you in that moment. Jesus is with you in that moment. What changes? What shifts for you? Knowing that Jesus is right beside you there. God, restore our souls. Refresh our souls. We don't want to live held captive to our pain. We don't want to live in the valley. And some of us just, we don't know how to get out. Would you show us the way? Would you give us the power? Would you give us the ability? We're asking you. Help us see the right people we need to talk to. Help us have the right conversations. And would your spirit begin to restore our soul bit by bit. In Jesus' name, amen. I really do uh, have to say that for some of you, this it can't end right now. You need to talk to someone. Talk to your best, best people to talk to, life group leaders. Life group leaders, talk to your life group coaches because you'll need it too. If you're not in a life group, get in one. If you really have nowhere to go, just write it on a connect card and we will contact you. We'll make it our priority to get connected to you. For some of you, if you're like me, I've had some pain that I've needed counseling for. And I still get counseling because I need it. For some of you, you've, re- you've rejected that option and you need it. Because <laughs> you see it as weak. Some of you men need counseling. Um, we have a lot of people that can help though in lots of different ways. So we'd love to help you. But I just want to say that because if you leave it now, it will be like a wound that's kind of just begin to open. And, and we need to, we, I just really want to say that. That there'll be more to be done and it can be more damaging to open something that you don't want to get healing for or don't take another step for. Um, and life group leaders, let's put it out as well just for everyone to ask. I know I don't know if we're doing them this week or not taking a break. Just get every life group leader to, to contact a life group member and say anything from that message you want to talk over. Um, and any way we can help, time-wise or space-wise, we will. Um, I guess this is the beginning of Wellness Month, isn't it? Because this feels like the beginning. But this month's going to be good for you and me. Um, but I also want to say, I want to, if you're here and you don't know Jesus, the beginning of healing is Jesus. Here's the thing about, even though I walk through the darkest valley, I fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You can't say that if you say no to God. God's around you, but He's not with you in the same way. God loves you and He wants to be with you, but He's not got a relationship with you unless you want it. He said, I want one. You get to say yes or no thanks. That's up to you because if it wasn't up to you, it wouldn't be a relationship. So right now, we're going to have another moment of closing eyes. And here's what's going to happen before you do. We're going to pray a prayer. You're going to raise your hand up to say, yep, I want to reconnect with Jesus or I don't know Jesus. We'll do that really soon where our eyes closed. Um, You'll say, reconnect me or I want a first time relationship with God, whatever it is. And then we're actually going to have some care team. Um, 
we like to have eyes closed, you can focus in, but we actually have a couple of care team people that will be watching so that they can just give you some pathways. So what will happen is we have a team here that will come up to you personally after and just go, any way I can help. You might say, no, thanks, and they'll leave you. They'll leave you. They might give you a connect card. Um, you could say, yep, you can fill it out and we can help you. We just want to help you and I want to be real transparent about that. If you just leave it at a moment, sometimes the moment gets lost and missed. And so we care about you enough to do that. So we've got some team here. Uh, I think the birds are on that um, or some of their team are on that. So we'll make sure we're, watch, uh, we're able to help you. So that will happen. Um, and then we'll pray a prayer and then we'll finish the service. So uh, why don't we close our eyes right now? Those, if you've got some faith, begin to pray for your neighbours. Begin to pray for the people in this room that need God. If you're here and you just know, yep, I need to make that decision. I'm far from God or I'm disconnected or I just need to say yes again to Jesus. If that's you, why don't you just raise your hand? Yes, I'm saying yes to Jesus right now. Just going to give it a moment. See that hand at the front, bro. See that hand to the left there. Anyone else just saying, that's me. I'm making a decision to follow God. We'd love to be there with you. See that decision there. Awesome, you can put your hand down. We'd love to pray this prayer. Let's pray this prayer together. Why don't you open your eyes? We're going to pray this. And as you pray it, the Holy Spirit's actually going to move in your life. Some of you will feel a difference. Some of you won't. But God will be moving in your life. Hey, let's do it. Let's pray this. Why don't you pray it with me? Dear Jesus, thank you for creating me and for loving me even when I've gone my own way. I realize I need you in my life and I'm sorry for my sins. I ask you to forgive me. Thank you for dying on the cross and rising again. I want to follow you from now on. Please come into my life and make me a new person. I accept your free gift of salvation. Please help me to grow as a Christian. Amen. Awesome, 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 awesome.